0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Glory to God. Well, first of all, uh, I was driving here and I called my spiritual mother, Anita Bell, to wish her a happy Mother's Day. And I just said, Anita, I'm on my way to preach this morning in Decatur, Alabama. She lives in Memphis. And the anointing of the Lord came upon Anita. And and she just began to prophesy. She didn't know where I was coming. She's never been here before. This woman's probably almost 80. And the power of God, I felt it immediately all over me. And Anita says, it's the day of restoration. The church where you're going to this morning. She said, I hear the Lord saying for that church... Today is the day of restoration. Come on. Today is the day of restoration. And I mean, she said, it's restoration of relationships. It's restoration to their body for health. It's restoration of finances. She said, you tell them, prophesy to that church, that the Lord says, today is their day of restoration. Oh, come on. If you believe that, let's get up on our feet and agree with the Holy Ghost. Get up. Come on. Come on, Calvary. Lord, we agree with you, Holy Ghost. We agree with you, Spirit of God. Today, come on, keep clapping. Keep praising. all of today is the day of restoration of my family. Today is the restoration of my children. Today is the restoration of my health. Today, May the 9th, 2021, it's the day of restoration. The day of restoration of my peace, of my joy. Of my marriage. Today is the day of restoration. In Jesus' name. Will you say it out loud? Say, today, today is, the day is the day of my restoration. Of my restoration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. When the Lord gives a word, how you receive that word is you put faith on that word. Don't just hear it. Because sometimes it will just be like a little cliché. But when you hear a word from God, put faith on that word, expect it, and put, just grab it in the spirit and say, that's mine, and you'll receive it. Everything you receive from God is by faith, and it's intentional in Jesus' name. Well, I want to talk to the mothers today especially, but I want to talk to everybody really. I want to encourage every mother in this room. But I also want to, uh, I believe this word, if you will hear it rightly, will be a word of encouragement and strength and uh, hope for every person, male and female, mom and dad, and everybody in between, children and everybody else. Uh, I also want to say that I honor and just thank you, those of you that are here because it's Mother's Day and you came to honor your mother. And I appreciate you loving her that way, that you would come to church this morning. Maybe you don't normally even come here, but you came this morning because it's Mother's Day. And on behalf of your mother, I can tell you from her, your presence in this room this morning means more to her than a card or flowers. Yeah, you can give those too. That'd be nice, but... It really means more to her than anything else you could have done, that you came today. So from your mother, I'm telling you, thank you. That's what she would say. Maybe she's even in heaven. But on behalf of your mother in heaven, she would want me to tell you for her, thank you for being here today. To remember her. And also, I want to thank you because you have honored her. You know, honor is a big deal. It's a big deal to God. Yes. To honor your father and mother, it's such a big deal to God that even in, when he was sort of consolidating all of his, what we would call, commandments, all of the, um, you know, the, the, the most important, we would say, rules or whatever, to set the course for humanity he has got. He chooses 10 in the very beginning with Moses because they were a people with sort of without restraint. So he's like, I'm going to give them 10 laws that are the most important right now that they need to follow. And it's just fascinating to me that one of those 10 things, he's only going to get picked in, is to honor your father and mother. It's the fifth commandment. It's, it's interesting too. He put that one before do not kill and do not steal and don't commit adultery. That's how important it is to just honor, to honor, to greatly esteem, to value your mother and your father. In fact, listen to this. Let me just turn to it really quick. It's in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and the first verse. And he says, Here, children, obey your parents. Because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. In the first verse, he's speaking to children, to the little ones. Because the little children, so he specifically mentions it's children he's talking to. Children, little ones, you obey your parents. Okay, as long as you're in their house and you're they're paying for your food and paying for everything else in your life, when you're there in that phase of your life, you don't just honor them, you obey them. Okay, that's just, he says it's just the right thing to do. Now, when you're out of their house and they've done all they can do to raise you, then it turns to honor them. You always honor them. He says here in chapter 6 of Ephesians, verse 2, honor your father and mother. Watch, this is the first commandment with a promise. He says here, if you honor your father and your mother, two things will happen it will go well with you, and you will live long on the earth. What in the world? Think about that. It's the first commandment God gave that was attached to a promise. If you do this, things will go well with you. And you'll live long on the earth. You say, well, I know some people that didn't happen for. Well, all the promises of God are for us. But again, they have to be activated by faith. So I think it's all right when you've got a promise like that from God. And you're needing, things are not going well in your life. And you know you've honored your mother and your father. It's okay to say, now wait a minute. God, you who's never broken a promise, there's a, there's a word right there with a promise. Things aren't going well in my life, and I've honored my mother and my father, and i call forth that promise. Things are going to go well in my life. I'm going to live long on the earth. See, that's, that's how much God values honoring your parents. So it's a big deal to God that you're here. He didn't say it was an optional commandment. He didn't say honor them if it you feel like it. He didn't even say honor them if they deserve it. Because sometimes it may be a challenge because they, maybe they've lived their life or, or they weren't there for you and it's hard. How do you honor? How do I honor them? They're not even in my life. Here's the deal. I found, and sometimes you feel like, well, I can't win either way with my mom or my dad. No matter what I do, it's never the right thing to do. I can't please them. I have found found a little lesson in my older years. When you can't, when you can't win either way, you do the right thing. And when you can't please them, no matter what you do, just make your goal pleasing God. So God. It wouldn't matter what I do. It's not going to be right. So I'm going to do the right thing with you. And then it's just going to be the right thing, you know? And here's the deal. If you will honor them anyway, just the best way you can, God will honor you for honoring him. You get that? Isn't that the truth? One more thing. This is not my message, please. I'm going to, I'm heading out. Let me, let, me, let me tell you one more little thing that comes to my mind. Because Pastor George just brought attention to it a while ago. I believe it's important to God that you honor, yes, your biological parents, but also your mother-in-law. She's a mother in your life, too. And I've found that that is a way that the enemy tries to get into homes and into marriages. And you know why? Because through the years and generations, it's almost become the norm to have a bad relationship with your mother-in-law. It's almost like it's the acceptable thing. It's almost like it's to be expected. I heard one time somebody talking to someone else that was having trouble with their mother-in-law and the comment to that person that was having trouble was, well, you just need to expect that. That's just the way it is with mothers-in-law. And I just, I had, to, I had to say something. I said, now wait a minute. I said, I'm not, I can't accept that. And I'll tell you why. Because it's not the will of God. And I don't have to accept anything that's not the will of God. And you know how I know it's not the will of God? Well, for one thing, he's always for peace and family and restoration. He's, that's always his side. But also, I got to thinking, now, it's scriptural that I have a good relationship with my in-law, my, mother's, my mother-in-law. And it's also scriptural that my sons-in-law have a good relationship with me. i tell you why. Because with Ruth and Naomi, we have that example in the Bible. Ruth and Naomi... They were the ones that said, when Ruth says to Naomi, isn't that the way it is? Ruth says to Naomi, where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I lodge. Your people be my people. Your God, my God. We use that in weddings because it's pretty and nice. But it's actually a covenant between a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law. A daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law. That daughter-in-law said to the mother-in-law, Where you go, I'm going. Where you lodge, I lodge. Your people are going to be my people. Your God is going to be my God. You know what happens to Ruth for that? Whoa, she gets a blessing from God. She gets in the lineage of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, Ruth's life from then on took a good course because she chose the way of honor. So remember that with your mother. Maybe if it's challenging your relationship with your mother-in-law, start praying. Or maybe with your daughter-in-law or your son-in-law. Just start praying, Lord, help me love them. Help me love them right. Help me just intentionally forgive no matter what's ever happened, ever. No matter what, Lord, there's nothing unforgivable. So, Lord, teach me how to love and to forgive the right way because I want to honor you by honoring them. And the Lord says amen. And the Calvary says amen. amen. Just threw that in there free. Thank you, Holy Ghost. There's another scripture, but I don't think I'll have time to go to it. Yes, I'll just have to. Really quick, again, I'm going I'm to do this one fast because it's important. And it's 1 Timothy 5, speaking of mothers. This is a fascinating scripture. It says, 1 Timothy 5, verse 3, Take care of any widow who has no one else to take care of her. Take care of any widow Paul is teaching Timothy about the church. Timothy, take care of the widows. Fascinating to me because the truth be known, it's really not the government's job. It's the church's job. Timothy, take care of the widows who have no one else to take care of them. Now watch. But if that widow has children, watch, or grandchildren, their first responsibility... Is to show godliness at home. I'm reading from the Bible. And to repay their parents by taking care of them. Now watch the next statement. This is something that pleases God. Paul said, Timothy, if the widow at your church has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility, first, is to take care of their mother and grandmother. And to repay them for the way they took care of them when they were little. Come on. And then he says, because that's just well-pleasing to God. Don't you want to please the Lord? If you want to please the Lord, then honor your mother and your grandmother. And especially when they become widows. Listen, if you have or you had a praying mother, you had one of God's greatest treasures. I still remember the way my mother's prayers impacted my life and still impact my life. She, mom's 86 next month, my mother. And my, I st- like it was yesterday, I still hear, I can hear the tone of her voice in prayer. As a little girl in our house growing up, and when, when everybody go to bed, mother would be in the living room. I can still see her like it was last night on her knees at the couch. I can hear the tone of the voice she was in praying, 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 praying at night. I can remember as a little girl getting up and going in there where she was, and I would scoot up like this under her arm where, where she was praying, and I'd just lay there like this. I wouldn't say nothing, but, boy, her prayers were getting deep into my spirit. Because, listen, everybody is impacted by your prayers, mother. In fact, praying mothers are dangerous people. Oh, yes, they are. They are like, in the spirit realm, terrorists of hell. Or should I say, to hell. They are. They're the devil's worst nightmare. There's something about a praying mother. I believe they're God's undercover agents. I was in Arizona just recently. I was speaking for a women's conference. And, it, and I, I was just sitting there waiting to go up. Was, they were doing worship. And I just began to notice all these women up in the front. And they were just worshiping. You know, they're, they were about my age. Some of them a little older. Some of them considerably older. And they were just up there. And they were just praising. They were just worshiping. And there was what, there was two of the older women. They were probably... In late '60s, I guess, and they had two flags. And buddy, those women were going to town on those. Flags. They were just those flags were just flying. Those women were going for it. There was nothing graceful about them. They didn't even care. Going, those flags flying. And I was looking at them, and my heart was just warming watching these women. And then I was looking over here at another older woman, and she could tell she had some years on her and probably some pain. And she had her little hands up. She looked like she was closer to 80. She was just worshiping tears rolling down her face. She was just worshiping God like this in prayer. And all of a sudden, it was like the Lord showed me. To the world, they look foolish. The world calls them Karens. just knew when that came out, why the devil, he hates me. I counted a compliment. Thank you, Lord, that the devil hates my name. Hallelujah. So the world looks at those women with their flags, those silly old women. Don't they look foolish over there? Those little women, they can't hurt nothing. Just put them in the corners. The women with the flags, you know, those intercessor women, they're just, oh, they just move them out of the way. Hopefully they won't embarrass us too bad, you know. But the truth be known, God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. The weak things. Come on. Those weak things. The things that 1 Corinthians says that the world just considers nothing. I mean, they ain't no threat. They ain't going to hurt nothing. Just a bunch of old women over there. Honey, hell looks at those women in the greatest fear of all. If you could see in the spirit realm, you would see fire coming off those flags. If you could see in the spirit realm, you would see the anointing of the Lord pouring out of those women. Mighty warriors in the spirit. That's who they are. Your prayers are strong. They make a dip. If you knew the kind of impact Your prayers are having mother in the spirit realm. You'd pray all the time. Hell hates you. Hell is afraid of you. And heaven is cheering you on. One of the most powerful forces in the universe is the power of a praying mother. Why do I say that? Because love is the most powerful force in the universe. You know how I know that too? Because God is the most powerful force in the universe, and God is love. And God expressed his love for us. One of the ways he expressed his love for us is really expressed through the love of a mother. A mother's love, how do you even describe it? Deep. I would just say it's different. I'm not saying it's more than a father loves certainly not more than a spouse loves. It's just different. Mothers, agree with me. Do we we all know what I'm talking about, please? Maybe it's because we carried them inside of us. Nine months and dealt with all that. Feeling them kick and move and then becoming part of us. I don't know. What it took to get them here. Hallelujah. I just know this, that the moment they lay that baby beside you the first time is the first time in your life that you've ever loved anything or anyone more than yourself until then. You you love them more than you love you. And that's why I can tell you a mother's prayers are different. Watch please, because love prays differently. It just does. When you love somebody, you just you just pray. It's different. It's just different. I remember years ago when I was in college, I was a young girl, 17 at Bible college, and I remember this little lesson the Lord taught me, and I never ever forgot it. We were in a prayer circle, and we'll tell you this quick. And we were in a prayer circle, we were all just standing there, a bunch of girls praying, big old circle like this. We were praying for some girl. To be honest with you, I didn't know her. We were all just praying. I was praying. Praying like I normally do. Lord, Jesus, just help this girl, Father. Just bless her, Lord. Jesus, just have your way. And all of a sudden, I felt the nudge of the Holy Ghost, like a voice behind a tap on the shoulder. And I heard the Holy Ghost. While I'm praying for this other girl, the Holy Ghost interrupts me, and he says, pray for Janet. Well, Janet is my only blood sister I have on the earth. My, she's, she's five years older than me It's my sister I remember still the first thing I thought was Something happened to Janet Is she in trouble All of a sudden when the Holy Ghost said pray for Janet Buddy I it changed God in the name of Jesus I pray for Janet Lord in the name of Jesus Wherever she's at right now Protection over her body, her soul God I pray, I've started praying in tongues And then the Holy Ghost interrupts me and said Now that's the way I want you to pray for this girl Because in my kingdom, it's not just flesh and blood. This is the way I see the spirit. Why did I pray different for Janet? Because love prays differently. That's why I'm telling you, no one, mother, can pray for your children like you. Nobody. So pray and keep praying for them. You never quit. You you, Here's the deal. If you don't pray for them, mom, who will? Can you think of anybody else on the earth, mother, that's praying for your son or for your daughter? Anybody can you think of? Anybody on the earth? I know you got friends that pray. I get that. And I know you got ministers, people that... But nobody can pray for them like you pray for them because nobody loves them quite in the same way you love them. That love came from God in you. So when you pray for them, it's just a different kind of prayer. Oh, I love my name. Several years ago, my daughter taught me this more than ever. I have two daughters, Lori and Lindsay. Y'all know them. But Lindsay, and I've shared this story before, so I'm not going to go into the details of that story. But Lindsay, a few years ago, my youngest daughter, working with me in the ministry, both of my girls do at the Ramp. And uh, Lindsay was married to Casey Dawes, pastor there and at the Ramp, pastor of our church. She, she was over all the choreography of our, the Chosen and all this stuff, and very involved in everything we do in the ministry. My girls were raised in nothing but the presence of God. And it was an unbelievable season when Lindsay suddenly, it felt like suddenly, takes a turn and a detour with her life that was leading her completely out of the will of God for her life. She files for divorce. She turns into a different person. She moves to a different city. She leaves the family. She leaves the ministry. She leaves her husband. She leaves everything. And it was her decision immediately sent me, number one, into several decisions I was going to have to make as a mother. But my response to this. But also sent me on a journey of intercession that has forever changed me. Still affects me every day of my life. How I pray. Not only how I pray, but how real he is. How he answers prayer. How he speaks. And how he keeps his promises. That journey of intercession caused my world to shut down. Day and night prayer. Day and night prayer. You say that seems a little extreme for a daughter. Well, not when you consider the view of her condition in light of eternity. People were saying to me that were concerned about me in that season. Now Karen, you know, she's an adult. She's going to make her own decisions. You've got to let her make her own decisions. You've got to let her go on with her life, and you can't let this. I know what she's doing, but you, you can't let this destroy you too. You've got to find a way to go on. You've got to find a way to get over this. You got to find. You got to. I remember specifically, quote unquote, you've got to get out of this. I remember this person that said that to me. You got to, and they meant it. Well, you've got to go on with your life and get out of this. I remember thinking, get out of this. I wish some days When I'm hurting so bad I can hardly breathe I wish I could find the get out of it button I wish some days as a mother When you're hurting From the things they've said to you That's beyond comprehension And your heart's crushed in a thousand pieces I wish there were days that you could find the get out of it button But for women of prayer And women of God I've never met a godly mother Who has that get out of this button Come on Do do y'all know anybody else And besides all of that I remember thinking the thing that gets me is because when I look at my daughter right now and I look at her life, nothing about her looks like the will of God. When I was looking at my daughter's life, her marriage falling apart, the fruit of her life incomprehensible, her lifestyle beyond words, nothing about that. In fact, when I looked at my daughter, I thought everything about this picture looks like the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And and I'm supposed to just watch my daughter walk off the edge of a cliff? And I'm supposed to just see her walking off and just sort of go on with my life? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Is that the way this really works? After you've served God your whole life and the devil comes in and takes what means more to you than anything on the planet? And you're supposed to somehow find a way to go on with your Are you kidding me? I remember thinking, God... God, God, I've heard what everybody has to say about her. I've heard what he said and she said and they said, but God, what do you have to say? What do you have to say about my daughter's life? And I determined right then, but he's got something to say. He's got something to say about your daughter. He's got something to say about your son. You better believe he loves him more than you do. He'll start talking. And once he starts talking, your decision is this. I can believe what they said or I can believe what he said. And I can stay right here and believe what he said until my daughter looks like his word. Come on. Do you believe it? Oh. believe that today. No no my I don't have it. Don't worry about me. I don't have it. I'm being healed of a sinus infection. Hallelujah. So mothers, you're going to keep praying. Why? Because you're at war. It's honey, it's the reason you're breathing on this planet. You're needed right now. Maybe you wanted your child to be here today, and they're not here. It don't matter, there's no distance in the spirit realm. Your prayers are still working. Don't change a thing. Ha, ha ha The devil ain't even gonna have your joy over it. It's just gonna make you pray more. He'll wish he had to send them to church before this day is over with. Come on. Ephesians the sixth chapter and the tenth verse is a final word. Be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. He says here, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. I'm reading in the New Living. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Honey, it's war for your family. It's war. The devil wants your kids. Satan wants your marriage. He despises families. He wants your grandchildren. This ain't going to come easy. And you got to know that. This is no patty cake ride. This is war. And it's all out war. We're not fighting people. Don't ever put a face on. Don't ever put a face on evil. Come on. Don't ever put a face on evil. You're not fighting flesh and blood. You're not fighting your daughter-in-law. There's a spirit behind that thing. Trying to wreak havoc in your house. You got to see the people and love them like God does. But see the spirit behind it. You're fighting spiritual forces in the unseen realm. Watch. So therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. Honey, your armory is so loaded. You've got got everything you need. By this time he wrote this, the blood of Jesus had already been spilled. You've already got a guaranteed victory. That's the power of the blood. You've got everything. You're covered in armor from head to toe. Put on every piece of God's armor. Got it Got it done. I ain't got time to go over it now. i got my weapon. So watch this. He says, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. In other words, there's a date on this thing you're dealing with today. There's an expiration date on it. There's a day it's going to be over. Hallelujah. Yes, it is. I know it don't feel like it, but there's a date. This thing's going to be over. Yes, it is. Watch this. And then after the battle, I love that line. That's my promise. This is going to be over. After the battle, you will still be, watch, standing firm. Next three words. So stand your ground. What that means is, this is my ground. Mothers, you're mighty intercessors. Your prayers are mighty and strong. Come on. He's telling you, mother... You stand your ground. It's like Rahab. i got a rope out my window, and it's red for the blood of Jesus. She didn't know it, but it was. And that means get everybody in your house, Rahab, because whenever this place is destroyed, we'll see the red scarlet thread and everybody in your house will be right. that's what mothers do they cover their house in the blood of Jesus this is my ground, I'm getting everybody in my house, come on, they may not like it they may not want to be there, they don't have a choice they come out and be, they're mine they're in my circle, this is my ground right here, this is my, my husband's there my kids are there, my grandkids are there, I got them all covered in the blood of Jesus right here, my ground say my my ground it's my ground, my city's in there too my workplace. Anything that has to do with my life is in my ground. It's my sphere of influence. This is the area God's given me. This is my place of authority in the spirit realm. My ground. This is my ground. He says, stand your ground. In other words, you resist the enemy that comes in. You know, just this is, there ain't no door to the devil on my ground. I ain't going to give him a crack in the window. I stand against him, vehemently strong. I stand against the devil. I resist him. You ain't getting in my house. I ain't going to go over here and sit down. Like they were telling me, you just got to accept this and move on. Move on? Are you kidding me? I love this. I, you know what? You are as an intercessor mother, you are a restrainer. In other words, you're one that stands in the way of the devil. I see where you're coming in. I see what you're... I see where you are. see... I see you over here. No, 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 you ain't getting in my house. I'm the one in the way right here. I'm standing in the way. I'm the restrainer against the devil. That's why he says you watch. You be vigilant because the devil's like a roaring lion seeking. who may. That's, that's what intercessors are. They're watchmen. I'm watching for you. I'm listening for you. Anywhere you're trying to come in. Look at this. Thessalonians. I've got to go to it right now. Listen to this. 2 Thessalonians this, I saw this the other day reading it I know there's many interpretations of this scripture but I think mine will be alright 2 <laughs> Thessalonians the second chapter he's talking about in the first verse brothers and sisters let's clarify some things he said about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and how we'll be gathered to meet him. Look at verse on down in verse two, I think. For that day will not come until there's a great rebellion against God. The man of lawlessness is revealed. It's the antichrist. Spirit of the antichrist is what he's talking about. It says before Jesus comes, there's gonna be a spirit of the antichrist, he says. Look at this, look down on verse seven. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly. Watch please. And it will remain secret until the one who's holding it back. Steps out of the way. I saw that the other day. You know what I saw? This spirit of Antichrist. What in the world? On this culture beyond words. On our generation beyond words. This spirit of Antichrist. Is trying to get our kids. He's trying to break in. And it's going to happen. Watch. He says until the one that's holding him back. Is taken out of the way. Who are those people holding him back? It's those intercessors going, you ain't getting in. You ain't, no, you ain't, you ain't coming in. I know, I know, no, you ain't coming. Come on, I'm a restrainer against you. No, I'm a restrainer against you. Come on, until they're taken out of the way. You've got to be so resolved in who you are for your family. It's going to take the coming of the Lord to get you out of the way. Come on. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take literally Jesus coming back himself to get you out of the way. You've got to hold your ground that long. You've got to stand your post that long. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So stand your ground. That's who intercessors are. This is war. Look at this. When Lindsay was gone, this verse came alive to me. Mothers, I, I memorized it. I ate it. I drank it. He says here, speaking of war. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 and 3, we are human. We don't wage war, though, as humans do. (laughs) We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, he said. I love this, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning. That spirit that gets in their mind, especially these days. Human reasoning, that analytical mind that has to try to understand everything that becomes a barrier to the things of God. Come on. We, moms, we're using our weapons to come at what he says, to knock down those strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments, the lies of the devil. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God and we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Who does that? Who does look at there? We did y'all notice that little we word? We use God's weapons. We destroy. We capture. We do. Not in our own strength. We have none. We do. it's not in the flesh, because I'm not fighting in the flesh. I'm fighting in the spirit. I gotta use spirit weapons. What are my spirit weapons? I've got the word. I've got the blood. I've got the name. I've got prayer. I've got worship. Come on. I'm loaded in weapons, honey. I'm covered in armor. I've got any weapon I need for any victory I need to see accomplished. I'm covered completely. My father saw to it that anything I would need to have victory for my family, I've got it. I'm going to pull down those rebellious thoughts by prayer, by teaching them to obey Christ. How do you do that, Mom? You pray with the Word. I ain't got time to go into all that, but let me tell you something. You take all those weapons together, the Word, the name, the blood, prayer, worship, you just take those five. You start combining those weapons, it's like an atomic bomb to your that spirit. You pray the Word over your kids. Pray the Word over your family. When you pray the Word, you always pray the will of God. And according to 1 John five fourteen, when you pray the will of God, When you pray the this is what first John 5:14 says this is my confidence he says that if I ask anything according to his will he hears me and if I know he hears me I can have whatever I ask honey that means if I'm praying according to his will I can have what I ask That's why I know it's his will for the in-laws to work together with the mothers-in-law. So I know it's his will. I can have what I ask. I don't care how impossible it looks. God says, his word says there's nothing too hard for him. He just needs somebody to activate that situation with the word of God and get his will into it. That's the power of his word. I pray over my kids five things every day. It's the word. Every day I I call them all by name. My sons-in-law, my daughters. I say, Lord, every day all of my children. It's because it's the word. So I know I'm going to get it. All of my children will be taught of the Lord. And great will be the peace of my children. In other words, not just peace in them, that for them too. But great is going to be the peace even between my children. Lauren and Lindsay are going to have peace between them. Great is going to be the peace of my children. I don't want strife in my family. My children, I pray, God, that they will love each other deeper than siblings. Because there's a love that sticks closer than a brother. praying they love each other. That's God's will. I pray, God, they will honor their fathers and their mothers so that their days will be long upon the earth and it will be well with them. I pray that they will walk in truth, for I have no greater joy than to know my children walk in truth. Come on. I pray, God, that you'll protect them, body, soul, and spirit. For you will deliver them from every plan of the enemy, deliver them from evil today. For you've given your angels charge over them; they will lift them up in their hands. I said, "Any time they dash their foot against the stone." I, I I pray those things, those five things, every day extensively. It's the word, so I know I can have it. I've got to wrap up right here. I'll just read you this one. There's a whole message on it for another day, but you can take it home and meditate on this. Second Corinthians five. Second Corinthians, maybe, you know, maybe you're thinking, well, that sounds like control to me. A lot of times mothers that are praying mothers because the devil hates them so much, mothers get accused of being controlling. Oh, you're so controlling. Back off, you're so controlling. When you hear that, you can know it's kind of encouraging because I know the Spirit talking to me. Because the truth is, I would be controlling them if I was praying my will over them. If I were demanding and declaring my will over them, they could say I'm controlling. But when I'm looking at my daughter and my children and I'm declaring God's will over them, something I know is His will, well, how do you know it's His will? I know freedom is His will for their life. I know wisdom is His will for their life. And if I don't know His will for their life, I can start praying in the Holy Ghost and pray His will over their life. And I can say, God, let Your will be done. Only open the doors You want open for their life. And close every door You want closed. God, break every relationship. You don't want them in, God. Destroy God. Anything in their life that's not of you, God. When I'm praying like that, honey, I'm not controlling them. I'm setting them free. Hallelujah. 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 That's the power of the word. Power of his will. Hallelujah. I've got to go on. I'll read this to close. Okay, quick. Almost to Second Corinthians 5. Trying to think of where I should start. Middle of 18. God has given us the task of reconciling people to Him. Who to give it to? Verse 20. We are Christ's ambassadors, ladies. We speak for Christ. Well, it says, first it says, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. Mothers. Do you get that? God has given you the task of reconciling your children to God through prayer. Jesus did his part that we could never do. He was the great reconciler. But now he's given us the task through prayer. That's why he says, watch, God is making his appeal through you. It's the Holy Ghost praying for your child. Through you because God needs a conduit to get His will from heaven through somebody into the earth so He can get it into them. God's making His appeal. You speak for Christ when you plead, come back to God. Two greatest examples I'm not going to read them for time because we're about to pray. Two greatest examples of prayer well, two of the two, there's several. Two of my favorite examples of prayer in the Bible of praying mothers, Matthew I'm not sure which chapter it is. I'm I lived on this when Lindsay was gone. It's Matthew 15 21. I loved it. Matthew 15 21 is the little Gentile mother, she sets the example. There's two women, two, two women in the Bible that set really. A a great example of how to pray When you're praying for Well family or anything else in your life This Gentile mother Please watch and say I'm listening This Gentile mother In Matthew 15 Refused to be refused That's what it takes You already know it's God's will to bring them back to God But the Lord did an interesting thing with her that you need to remember. The little Gentile woman, she comes to the Lord begging him to deliver her daughter. She's tormented by a demon spirit. And the Bible says Jesus gave her no reply, not even an answer. A lot of times when you feel that from the Lord, it's like I'm praying, nothing's happening. A lot of mothers bail out then. Well, I guess it's just a little God. Just got to live with it. Not this mother. She knew she had something she could have. I got a feeling she knew Jesus probably pretty well. I don't think she'd have done this. So she kept on until the Bible says the disciples <clears throat> would say, tell her to please leave. She is so getting on our nerves. She's getting on. Hey, the Bible says she's getting on our nerves with all of her begging. In other words, she ain't, she's not quick. She didn't just ask once and get rejected. No, she kept on till they said, would you please make her go? So now then, she's, she's got a great opportunity to be offended at all the ministers, all the preachers, all the ministry staff. If there's ever been a, a time she could leave now, Jesus ignored her, and the church staff has offended her massively. I'm out. She would not stop. She ignored them and kept going. Then Jesus says to her, I'm not called to you right now. I'm called to the lost sheep of Israel. In other words, it's not your turn. It's not your turn yet. What? Are you serious? Now we've got the exit door, right? Please. We could go. No, she's not going because it's her daughter and mothers pray different because love prays different. So she just keeps going anyway. The Bible says at that point, she just starts worshiping him. And then he just turns to her and he says, you know, it's not fit for me to give the bread to the dogs. Now, yeah, whoa. Whoa. are you serious? Wow. If this is ever a time I'm gone, it's now. I'm totally offended at everybody in the room. Oh, no. She barely heard him. She didn't even hear it. Hear, hear the way a lot of people would have heard it. She just kept worshiping and said, Lord, but even the little dogs can just get the little crumbs from your table. Just a crumb would be enough. If you'll just give me a crumb, it'll set her free. That's all I've come for. Just give me, Just give me a crumb. Come on. I want you to stand all over the room. Just let the band go ahead and come. Just give me a crumb and it'll be enough. Just a crumb. And when she says that, y'all look at me right here. Pull your thoughts together right now. We're about to pray. When she says that and he sees her determined heart, he says, woman, your faith is great and your request is granted. The last woman, you go home and read her, Luke 18. She's amazing. I'm just going to assume she's a mother because of the way she acted. I'm assuming. But Jesus used, he was so impressed with her. He said, I'm going to show you boys, these disciples, I'm going to show you all how to pray and never give up. And he started talking about this little woman who went to the unjust judge and said, give me vengeance on this dispute with my enemy. And honey, some of you need some vengeance on the enemy that's tried to take your child out with addiction. Some of you need some vengeance on the enemy that's tried to take your child out with deception and rebellion. Some of you need some vengeance on the enemy. And the Bible says the judge didn't even care, to fear God, or care about people. He said, I'm just going to give her what she wants because she's driving me crazy with her constant request. Then Jesus said, Now, learn something from this. He said, Don't you think God will surely give justice? To his chosen ones. He said, if that judge would do it, he don't even fear God. Don't you think God will give justice to you, mother? His chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. And then here's your promise. He said, I tell you, he will give them justice. Jesus said to tell you this morning at Calvary, he will give you justice. And then he says, he will give it to you speedily. You would say, I've been praying for 17 years and I don't feel like speedily. What that means, honey, is you hold your ground for as many years as it takes. That's the point when he said pray and never give up. You hold your ground because when your deliverance comes, it's going to come like, pow! My daughter, Lindsay, I prayed for her three years day and night when all of a sudden, overnight, she calls me September, uh, January the 10th, 2016 and says, Mother, I don't know what happened. But this morning I woke up and I want to come home. He gave it to me speedily. But I'd made up my mind. I'd made up my mind. Mother, if you have to go to your grave before you see the manifestation of your miracle, then you go to your grave believing Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? I told my daughter the other day, Lauren, I said, Lauren, there's some things I'm believing for. And if I don't see it before I die, Lauren, if it's not manifested in here yet, then Lauren, I want you to put on my tombstone down at the bottom. Just let the devil know. I said, I want you to put on the bottom of my tombstone, still believing. Come on, still believing. Because when you believe prayers on this earth, they don't just die when you do. After you're in heaven, your prayers are here still working. They're, that's why some of you came this morning. Because you had a mother in heaven. Her prayers are still working and brought you to the room today. You say this sounds really extreme for praying women? Really? Not in the lot of heaven and hell. Not in the lot of eternity. Jude said in verse 23 That little book He said some people You got to pull them out of the flames Some you can show mercy Others Mom You're going to have to pray Until you can snatch them out of hell itself." Last thing I promise I have a minister friend of mine A lady She's a pastor's wife I heard her tell this recently About something else And when she said it I was so gripped she said, she said, in our town, this is for those of you that think this may be a little much. She said, in our town, recently, a family here's house caught on fire and burned to the ground. And she said, the greatest tragedy in this is their little boy that was caught in the house and couldn't get out. She said, my husband, the pastor, was there in the yard watching the mother doing everything she could trying to get in that house at the risk of her own life until the police had to take that mother and pull her away from that house and handcuff her to get her under control and put her in the car and drive her away. Because that's the love of a mother. And that's the love of spiritual mothers who know they're looking at eternity. And they're fighting for sons and daughters that could spend eternity separated from them and from God in an unthinkable place. And mothers will do anything to pray for you. But more than anything, Jesus gave everything